Good morning. Good Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Peter Evis and I'm a long time member of the river here in New York City. I'm going to give a brief sermon today uh, for our virtual church service. Uh, I wanted to just start out by saying that I hope all of you are well, uh, that if any of you or your loved ones have COVID-19, we as a church want to help in the best and safest way possible. And so please get in touch if you're in need, if you're suffering, you need help. You can do that simply by emailing me on peter.eavis at gmail.com and I'll get word out to the church staff. So stay well, be well, okay? So I'm a longtime resident of New York City. I lived here during the attacks of 9-11 and the aftermath, Hurricane Irene, Superstorm, Sandy, and now this terrible blow that has come from the outbreak of the coronavirus. Uh, in each of those previous crises, churches were able to meet in person and that physical connection, communities coming together in person, was, 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 was very instrumental in helping us get through the fallout from those terrible things in the past. Not so now, which has its drawbacks. Uh, we can't meet as a church. Churches are very good spreaders of the virus, as we've learned uh, from looking at how it's spread around the world. So that means uh, we can't meet in person and we won't meet in person until we get a very good all clear. But it also means I can't look you in the eyes on a Sunday morning and get a sense of how you're really doing. I can't lay my hands on you in prayer team and then offer you a Kleenex for your tears. I can't do that right now. And that's difficult. Um, but weeping, crying, is where I wanted to start out today as we continue with our 40 Days of Faith Lent sermons, okay? Weeping, that's where I want to begin. So in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, according to the account in Luke's Gospel. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. That's the English Standard Version, for those who care. Um, before we look at how Jesus' words can help us today, I wanted to see why he was giving this sermon and where he was giving it. It's, it's earlier on in Luke chapter 6. It says this, And he came down with them and stood on a level place, with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were healed and cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Don't you, uh, doesn't that last line kind of hit you? Blessed uh, are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And first of all, from that passage, there clearly isn't much social distancing going on. The passage talks about a great crowd of, of disciples, a great multitude of people from all around. People touched Jesus. Um, and when people gather like that, it's a sign that they all want something. They want one thing. 
and and Jesus as their shepherd, as their provider, zeroes in on their pain and their anguish and their needs, and he offers hope. He says, if you're hungry, and many of them would be living in great poverty, he says, you will be satisfied. Okay, but let's just dwell on this line from today. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Okay, um, let me just ask for a virtual show of hands here. It's safe because I can't see who's putting up their hands now. But how many of you in this crisis so far have broken down and cried? Um, how many of you have just lost it and wept since the COVID-19 emergency began? Going to give you two seconds now. Okay, I was going to put up my hand, but I, it hasn't happened to me yet. It has to happen. I'm going to cry at some point. I've been encouraged to do so by friends, but it hasn't happened, but I know it has to. I'm just being honest with you now, okay? But I guess a lot of you have, right? I think some of us have broken down. How many of you um, have broken down when you've read what's happening in New York City hospitals as I speak? When we read about the, the incredible bravery of healthcare workers, um, when, you, when you read the terrible stories about people who've actually died from the disease, like Desanne Romain, she's the principal of the Brooklyn Democracy Academy, which is a public high school. Um, this is how one uh, New York City uh, official described her. She was a healthy, vibrant, energetic 36-year-old woman who had one of the toughest jobs anybody could have, and she did it with resilience, okay? She died in this. A, a wonderful servant of, of school children and a, and, a, and, a, and a great asset to this city. The disease caught her. It's just terrible. It makes you want to cry. You may also have wept when you see, you walk around your neighborhood. I, I hope you don't get too close to other people. Um, and you see all the, the small businesses closed. Some of those are unlikely to open. Our neighborhoods will be changed irreparably in some way. And that just feels terrible. The places that we love. Um, or you might have been led to tears by the stress in your own life. Maybe you're in a strained marriage and this is being tested. This is testing you and your spouse like never before. Maybe there's tensions between us and, and, and our kids. Um, maybe you wept when your job asks you to do one more thing that you can't possibly do right now because you also have to look after your children and teach them and make sure they're doing their studies. It's incredibly stressful. We're being stretched thin. And this is a time for tears. It's, it's natural to cry. It's good to cry. Jesus wept. And it's not just the emotional release um, that occurs. I think that something profound happens when we weep. I think that when we weep, we are, we are basically saying, if that's the right verb, um, communicating, uh, there are no words to fully say what we want to say. But we still need to express the sadness somehow. We still need to express it as human beings. And that's very important right now, especially. And there are all sorts of, you know, rational ways for us to respond to the coronavirus outbreak. Um, and, you know, we should plan. We should, you know, in a cool-headed fashion, plan for what could happen. Um, we should practice social distancing carefully. We should keep track of what our leaders are doing and saying and even debate whether their responses are correct. And we should get involved in this. And it's okay to follow all the charts and data that are out there. 
um, and, you know, do all that stuff and use the rational parts of our brains. And that can be soothing. That can be emotionally soothing. Don't get me wrong. But we also need to let ourselves feel the enormity of this moment. And weeping can clear the way for that. You know, often in life, something happens that creates such pain and loss that we need another mode of expression. And like I said, Jesus wept. He wept when his friend Lazarus died. And in our passage, he says, blessed are you who weep now. You know, and emotional release can free us up to help other people. If we, if we keep everything pent up, it can make us more tense, more introspective, and deplete our energy and make us feel less, less up for the moment. Um, I was discussing this verse this week with a person who's not a churchgoer, and, um, and I had the privilege of doing that. I don't know why this person would want to talk about my, my sermon, um, but we did. And, um, and this person, I, I, you know, I sent them the verse and, and they were like, well, does this mean that suffering purifies us? Is this what this verse is saying? And I said, no. I said, I mean, faith in Jesus is, is never about achieving purity. And hopefully I, I said that in a way that was kind of not confrontational. But it was over Slack, so I don't know, maybe maybe I didn't have the right tone, I don't know, but this person's still my friend. Anyway, um, my point is that Jesus, faith in Jesus is not a quest to be pure, okay? It's not that, okay? Faith in Jesus, if you want to boil it down, is about drawing close to God and to others. And that process of being connected takes on an increased importance in times like these. You know, Jesus' presence here with the multitude makes that clear. He's with the people. He knows the people are suffering, and he is with them as they suffer. And then he offers hope. He said, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Okay? You shall laugh. I say that with a smile. I can see I have a smile because I'm looking into my phone, which is odd. Um, and there will be a time when we laugh. I mean, this is, you know... A central part of faith in Jesus, okay? He, we can expect a better tomorrow. Yes, we get compassion and empathy and support today, and we get relief and better times ahead, okay? And it's hard to see that now. We, we don't know when that dreaded COVID curve will flatten, okay? We don't know when we can resume halfway normal lives. We don't know when people who are suffering will be in the clear. Um, we don't know these things. And that, that uncertainty gnaws away at us. And so it's hard to take Jesus at his word that there will be a time when we will laugh. And that is why faith is often very hard. Jesus is asking us to imagine something that doesn't exist yet. And personally, for me, in faith, this has always been the hardest thing. It's, the, it's where I'm at my weakest. You know, I find it hard to trust God that better times are around the corner, that certain things will get fixed or a healing might take place. I find that incredibly difficult. And, I, and you know what? I used to be ashamed of that. I used to hide that. But you know what? It's a real fear. It's based on experience and realism that must also be woven into our faiths. And it's important to know that God sometimes, often, does not come through in the way that we want. And we can't gloss over that, okay? We just have to accept it as part of what we feel. And then what do we do? What do we do when, when that has become part of our faith lives? Do we give up? 
I hope not. And this is where it's important, I think, to think of faith as a relationship. You know, no one has ever been in a relationship where they get everything they ever wanted from the other person they were close to. But if the relationship, the underlying relationship is rounded and flexible and deep, it will remain a source of nourishment and it will be supportive even when there are disappointments. Okay? And here, Jesus is committing to be there for us even as the disappointments come. Okay? We we will, we, we, will, we will feel that, and he will know that we're disappointed, and he will see that our faith is being tested, and he will be there. That is what we can see in this passage, okay? And maybe one day we will laugh, just as perhaps, you know, in the way we expected to, in the way we wanted to, but maybe in different ways that will reveal a greater, a greater purpose to what God was up to. Okay, we just don't know right now. All we know is that Jesus will be here with us now when we feel that 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 disappointment. But he'll also we can also trust that there will be laughter uh, when the weeping stops. And so there's going to be some hard days ahead of us with this coronavirus crisis. And, you know, we at the river are going to find it hard because we are such a close and strong community. And as the city suffers, suffers, we will feel it. We absolutely will. I'm not going to pretend it's going to be easy for the church. It's going to be hard for us. And as we do that, please remember this advice from Jesus. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Okay? That's from him to us right now. That's, that's, that's what he wants to say to us as far as I'm concerned this morning. Okay, so no stupid virus stops the river from giving its usual practical suggestions at the end of a sermon, and I'm going to do that for you right now. Number one is humility can save lives, okay? Be humble. Weeping. Weeping is humbling. It suggests weakness. But right now, we should absolutely be humble. We should learn as much as we can from other countries, particularly those that seem to have controlled the spread of the virus. Uh, and there are things that are going to be part of our lives that seem kind of weak and stupid, like wearing masks. I would put one on right now if I could find a mask to put on, which I can't. I mean, I have someone just on the same floor as me who is a, he's a doctor at, at, at one of these big hospitals in New York. His wife is driving around New York looking for masks. If she can't get them for her husband, who's currently intubating people, there's no way I can put them on for a prop, okay? But when they're available and, you know, know, it will make sense to wear them when these outbreaks occur. And I'm going to have to be humble because it looks stupid, okay? But humility is always good. And in this pandemic era, it will save lives, okay? So humility can save lives. Be humble. Second, laughter can also help. I don't want to give you any junk science here, okay, uh, that says that like laughing once a day can boost your immune system by X percent. You can go read those articles or those books. I, I, don't, I don't for a second like believe there could be much connection. But I will tell you this, around like, you know, 9 p.m. every evening, I feel like I have the COVID coming on. I usually, you know, ask, you know, ask my family. My throat starts to hurt. I get a bit achy and I'm like, do I have it? Do I have it? And these are probably like fake symptoms. But you know what makes them go away? Laughter. 
You know, last week I did a happy hour with some old buddies, you know, over the internet and I felt totally revived, like for a day. I was able to keep up at work the next day. And then the other night, my son and I watched some funny TV together and that also massively helped. I all felt really kind of uplifted by that. So laughter, you know, really helps. Jesus says, blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh, but why not reach into the not yet and bring some of the laughter into the present? A little theological joke there for anyone who cares, who spots it, okay? So laughter, 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 try and laugh now. And number three, think of three people you've forgotten to check in on and text or call them today, okay? Um, we have the circles that we're close to. We're probably pretty good at staying in touch with those people. Um, and it's good to do that, right? But pray for a little bit now, like maybe um, when I'm done. Um, and, and see if God brings up anyone further afield that you should get in touch in, with, rather. Maybe they're isolated or have fewer friends or are suffering in ways that we just don't know about, but we will if we check in. Just like Jesus checks in with us, we should check in with other people and we should extend our circles at this time. So think of three people, ask God to identify them and, and get in touch and see if they're okay. All right? That's me done for today. I just want to finish with some prayer. Let me just do that now, okay? So Jesus, I ask you that right now you would protect every single member of the River Church and that we would use this as a time to really get closer to you and to each other and that we would be a blessing um, and that we would weep, that we would feel able to cry our guts out and just be released to be the people that you want us to be, the people that we know we can be when, you, when you're with us. So Holy Spirit, come and fill each one of us and protect our city. We pray for a miracle that there would be an, a, a, a decrease in the number of cases in this city um, in the coming days, Jesus. We ask for you to intervene. Uh, we love you. We know your love always wins. It's in your name we pray. Amen.